<laughs> How is it possible that 733 candidates are running for president and only 26 are in the mainstream media and the worst two are in the lead for each of the major parties? Let's have an emancipated conversation about it. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Emancipation Conversation Podcast. I am your host, J.A.V. Afanye, a.k.a. Tony Smiles, for those who know. Today we have a great guest on the program, Professor Don Black, a graduate of Howard University. A historical black college. Professor, how you doing? I'm outstanding. And to quote Neely Fuller, I'm still learning. That's what's up. Welcome to the program. What did you think about that? 733 candidates running for president. Only 26 are in the mainstream media. And the worst two, the worst two are in the lead of each major party, Donald Trump and segregation Joe Biden. I think they're one and the same, and I think one is also a, a sleeping pill for the for black America because he has the one candidate, segregation Joe, may use some of his old Obama leftover magic to lull black people to sleep. And the fact that we did not vet him when he was the vice president properly and didn't understand who he was and what he said in his record, he, he I believe, is worse. I agree. You got one who's an executioner, which is Joe Biden. I mean, he's been in power since the 70s, you know, and he's the one who came up with the busing situation. The reason why he's segregation Joe and Trump, he went after five kids, uh, Central Park five and spent eighty eighty five thousand dollars or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And let's not only forget that him and his his family housing policy that they discriminate against black people as well. So we're looking at both white supremacists who are running and that are being basically pushed as the top two nominees for the presidency. Now, for those of you out there who don't know, I'm getting my numbers at 733 from FEC, the Federal Election Commission, or were created in 1974 to track all the spending and the fundraising of all the candidates because in 1972, you had a lot of corruption going on. And so they changed the law in 1974. If you go to FEC.gov, you can see all the information that I'm talking about and all the candidates that are being neglected and being left out of the running to advertise these two jokers. They're not for our benefit, right, Professor? Not at all. Not at all. Definitely there to help the status quo. There's nothing going to change. Nothing's going to be better for, uh, for us, for black America. Or for the young generation. Keep the status quo. That's it. Here's a clip from Joe Biden in 1975 promoting segregation. There are those of we social planners who think somehow that if we just subrogate man's individual characteristics and traits by making sure that a presently a heterogeneous society becomes a totally homogeneous society, that somehow we're going to solve our social ills. And quite to the contrary, I think the concept of busing, which implicit in that concept is the question you just asked, 
or the, the statement within the question you just asked, that we are going to integrate people so that they all have the same access and they learn to grow up with one another and, and, and all the rest, is a rejection of the whole movement of black pride, is a rejection of the entire black awareness concept where black is beautiful, black culture should be studied, and a cultural awareness of the importance of their own identity, their own individuality. And I think that's a healthy, solid proposal. Did he just say segregation is a matter of black pride? I, I think he just said that in 1975. Yeah, I think that's what I heard. I, I don't think he's changed that much since 1975. Yeah. I mean, the man, the man started his campaign here in May of 2019 with racism. How is he now something different than what he was back then? Doesn't change with the date, Mr. Mayor. So how is segregation a matter of black pride? I don't think Dr. Martin Luther King would say something like that. Not at all. There's several quotes of what he, what uh, Martin Luther King said about segregation and how he saw it. One saying that uh, segregation not only harms one physically, but also injures one spiritually. It scars the soul. And it basically says, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but he says that you are less than. And you're not equal, correct? And you are not equal. Someone like a Joe Biden used the word segregation. Exactly. Now, the man has come out with the touchy-feely. Most of the millennials know him as the Creepy Joe, Uncle Joe. Yeah. Uncle Joe, Creepy Joe, inappropriate Joe. <laughs> they don't know him as, like, Uncle Archie. <laughs> Uncle Archie, the Bunker Joe. The Bunker Joe. But then that goes back to Donald Trump. Some people see Donald Trump the same way as Archie Bunker. Oh, yeah. Well, they're both are the same. Like I said, the status quo. Just, uh, just the only thing about it now is black folks think that uh, Uncle Joe was cool because he was vice president under a black man. How is that possible that people are forgetting they're having uh, mental amnesia about segregation Joe? To be fair, we didn't vet him when he did run the last time. And it really just says something about us not really doing a thorough job back then. Things have changed. We also didn't have what we have today with this new media to look things up. The old media kind of uh, blinded us with that, too, or mainstream media. I agree. I agree 100%. But this is not the first time Joe Biden is running. How can we just bet him in uh, 2008, not bet him since 1975? I mean, he's been in office, in public office for years, correct? Right. That's right. But again, the difference now between 2019 and back when he ran, a few times that he tried to run for president before is that, we didn't have this new media today to bring, to, to come back with this rope of his words to hang around his neck. The media was more controlled, and it was able to engineer who they want. So today is a different day. But I think the mainstream media is pushing them because they want uh, Donald Trump to be president. I, I think either way it's one and the same. Although, because he's a Democrat, they try to make it seem like he's cool with black folks. But if you look at what his record is and who he really is, is trying to approach, they're really going for the same voters, the angry white voter. The Charlottesville voters. Tell it like right. it is. Right. There it is. It's the Charlottesville voters. The white supremacist voter. Because Virginia, Virginia is crazy, man. What's going on in Virginia? The blackface situation with the governor over there? I mean, that's where we are today. Governor, what's, what do they call him? Governor Cool Man? Yeah. 
And here's the thing about it. Even none of the Democrats would have asked him to resign. That's He's true. still there. That's true. He should have been gone. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they don't want him to resign, think about this. Because the number two guy, this is just my conjecture, what I believe, because the number two guy is a black guy. Attorney, lieutenant governor. Right. But that's that's what we are today. The Democratic Party is, is basically has always been who, the, who they've always been. Uh, undercover, liberal, supposedly liberal, white, racist. There's really been no difference between both parties. Republican versus Democrat, they're, they're one and the same. And they all are there just to keep status quo and keep white supremacy in place. I still believe the mainstream media is trying to get Joe Biden to run against Donald Trump I, re-elected. I, I totally believe that. If you look at how the mainstream media is trying to make him seem like he's the highest nominee and has the most votes or, or high in the polls or whatever, that's, that's the game plan. But speaking about polls, didn't they make him number one before he even announced, thinking about running for president? Right. And and here's the thing about it. Where are they getting this data from? How do you have a poll like that? Exactly. Is this the same mainstream media that said Hillary Clinton was going to win? Yes, it is. Is this the same mainstream media that had Hillary Clinton up 90%? Yep. Yep. So, you know. They're using the same old methods and not understanding with this new media or social media and, and people finding their own voice and finding real information in, on these candidates. And so it's changing the whole dynamics of the, of the whole voting system. Now, you know Bill Clinton, he threw Joe Biden under the bus when it came to a 1994 crime bill. Right. And you know what that was all about, right? Nah, tell me about it. That's basically... There was a there was an under undergird thing going on with Hillary Clinton and the black voters. The Democrats rely heavily on the black voters, and the backlash that was happening with that was with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And a lot of black voters were not really feeling Hillary Clinton, and they never forgot that super predator comment. So that's where that all stemmed from. People will never forgot about the the, the mass incarceration, and she really was being tied to. Bill Clinton's, basically the hangover from Bill Clinton and his policies for mass incarceration that, that had a heavily effect on the black community and the black family. Here's Bill Clinton straight up throwing segregation Joe under the bus. What she's referring to are the increased sentencing provisions of the 1994 crime bill. Here's what happened. Let's just tell the whole story. When I became president, the headlines in the newspapers were full of, now wait a minute, I listen to you, you listen to me. Wait, wait, wait. Here's what happened. Vice President Biden, you guys know Vice President Biden, whose family comes from Scranton, he was the chairman of the committee that had jurisdiction over this crime bill. I had an assault weapons ban in it, I had money for inner city kids, for out-of-school activities. We had 110,000 police officers so we could pick people on the street, not in these military vehicles, and the police would look like the people they were policing. We did all that. And Biden said, you can't pass this bill, the Republicans will kill it if you don't put more sentencing in. Did you hear that last part right there? Yeah, it is loud and clear. <laughs> and here, 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 let, me, let me say two things on that. Now, first of all, you hear 
the so-called, remember, folks used to call him the first black president or whatever. That's correct. You, you hear him white explaining about, about what happened during his administration. And then he goes on to going and blaming out and pointing the finger at Biden. But he clearly states that Biden said exactly. that Biden said he needed to put more sentencing in it because the Republicans would not vote for it. Joe exactly. Biden did that. And that's the problem that's going on because the sentencing part dragging on to this day. Since exactly. 1993, we're talking about roughly 26 years later? Exactly. And the rippling, rippling effects of what that's had on the black community, on black families. Until the day is why we have this epidemic right now. Single mothers and families and mass incarceration. It's Bill Clinton again, man. Look, I want people to listen to this. this people they were policing. We did all that. And Biden said, and Biden said, and Biden said, you can't pass this bill, the Republicans will kill it if you don't put more sentencing in. Pass this bill, the Republicans will kill it if you don't put more sentencing in. Pass this bill, the Republicans will kill it if you don't put more sentencing in. Yeah, it is. He just washed his whole hands and put it on Biden. You know, I could say, well, Mr. President, you know, Joe Biden wasn't the president at the time. You didn't have to sign that bill. You didn't have to add the provisions that Joe Biden put in it. But he did anyway. He did it anyway. But, but that's what he see. That's both of them. Both of them are complicit. And basically what he's saying, he's trying to white explain. Well, you can't really blame me. It was, it was, it was Joe's fault. He's the one who put that part in. He tricked me. Wow, man, you were the president. You're responsible as well. So, come on. Both he, of y'all. Both of y'all are playing games. But it was called the Biden bill, correct? It was. And remember back then, Joe Biden took pride in that. Yeah, the, the Biden bill. The Biden bill. Now, there was a guy in 2016 that came out on Good Morning America who had done some time and was affected by this. And he came out and told Hillary at the time, you messed up my life. So his testimony and his questioning of candidate uh, Hillary Clinton, because she, she likes to drop the Clinton part. I am here with William Cobb. He is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, one of the huge states up for grabs next week. He says currently undecided, possibly leaning towards Sanders at the moment. What is your question for Secretary Clinton? Secretary Clinton, first of all, congratulations on your recent victory here in New York City. Thank you. Um, I served six years in prison for robbery, which is a violent crime. Upon my release in 2000, I worked extremely hard to restore my life. It was extremely difficult though, because of 44,000 collateral consequences, many resulting from the crime bill you previously supported. As a result, if you are elected president of the United States, how much money will you attach to efforts that are legislation and efforts that are aimed at restoring the lives of the people and the communities that have been impacted adversely by the 1994 crime bill? Well, that's also a very fair question. You know, Senator Sanders voted for that bill. Um, so Now, she did the same thing Bill Clinton said right there. Let me stop that right there. Did she just not throw Bernie Sanders under the bus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like the same amount and who they are. But this guy is telling her, look, you messed up my life. And she's like, yeah, okay. But you know, Bernie yeah. Sanders. Well, you know, she, let me tell you what she was probably thinking. Once he said she, he was a telling, he was like, okay, sit down. You can't, you, I can't, you, you can't vote for me. Sit down. <laughs> but don't vote for Bernie Sanders because he voted for the bill too. 
Exactly. But the reason why I bring this up is because Bernie Sanders is also running for president. And I don't think, honestly, it's, it's hashtag stop electing baby boomers. Hashtag stop electing baby boomers. Uh, there's also another one, tangibles. 2020. You know? Exactly. As for the black community, if you want to come talk to us, we need some, some policies to give us something in hand, tangible. No more we going for the, the non-neglect policies as well. So this goes on. Let, let's finish this gentleman's uh, statement here. We both supported the uh, 1994 crime bill because of the uh, intense uh, concern in every community across our country with the uptick in violent crimes, and uh, there were steps taken to try to address that. I've said, my husband has said, that there were also problems with that, and we need to address those. You pose a very important question because we have got to do more to help people who have paid their debt to society. They have done what you are describing, uh, taken responsibility. Now you're out. You're looking for a chance to rebuild your life. And my uh, commitment to you is this. I will do everything I can, number one, to divert more people away from the criminal justice system because too many people are in for low-level nonviolent offenses. Secondly, we have got to address the unequal effects of the criminal justice system on people of color, particularly African-American men, because it is just wrong and it is a result of systemic racism that young African-American men are arrested, are arrested, charged, convicted, and incarcerated at a much higher rate for doing the same things that young white men do. Bro, did she just not admit that the crime bill was was not right and it was racist? Oh yeah, they they, they know that. They you know they know that, and they're trying to pretend like they. You know, oh, we had no we had no idea. What, what's Joe Biden's word? Malarkey. <laughs> segregation Joe. Segregation Joe. Oh my yeah. God! I mean, the thing is, Bernie Sanders is a problem. I don't know why people think that Bernie Sanders is is some kind of messiah because he's been in politics since the 70s too and all he's doing is bringing up the old stuff as well and saying that he got a better solution where was he the last 40 years exactly it's a status quo too he's no he's no different from the rest of them he is no different and he's gonna try to act with that whole Seinfeld style of politics that he does and voice or whatever we need to come up with a name for him as well. But yeah, Bernie just needs to sit down. Um, like you said, he's he's old, passed away. It's time to move on. Or, or if he's going to come up, we need to have some policies that, that are definitely going to talk about some tangible, something in hand, particularly for black voters, the, the ADLI or Foundation of Black Folks. The key word there is old, man. Bernie Sanders, he's 77 years old in 2019. By 2020, by the end of 2020, He's going to be 78. By the time he takes the awful office, he's going to be 79 years old, almost 80 years old. Yeah. And the thing is, with the old, is you're talking about old values and old ideas. The baby boomer generation, they were the last generation to grow up with segregation. They're the last generation to grow up with segregation. They, all they know is hate. All they know is hate. All they know is division. And the, the fact that we keep continually pushing these people up to the top of the tickets, it, it's a shame. It's a shame. These guys should have retired a long time ago. You know, let our generation not, move up. Well, the, the generation has always been on this thing, thinking that they've all been, been youthful, thinking that things have always been 
geared for them. They've always been self-centered. That generation has never been, to a degree, they've always been self-centered. Never thought about the country beyond them. Exactly. But if you realize, realize Joe Biden, all he wanted to do was lock up all the young people that were coming up. Right, exactly. Those were his exactly. words. And that's the exception of if they fell under his so-called family or people who he can identify with. Prime example is like he's harsh on, on crime and on drugs and all this other stuff. But when, it, when his own family members, it was a different story. That's right. Specifically, in 1993, he was pushing the crime bill to lock up young people. This is Joe Biden in 1993. And because he was the committee chairman, he was giving himself as much time to push the bill. Here we go. Take back the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents, it doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become a, a social, uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Did you hear what he just said? That, oh, yeah. That these young people are going to go and knock his mother over with a lead pipe. Yeah. And I'd I, I like to understand where he even got some of this ideas and the spirit. It's basically playing the old playbook of fear-mongering. Yeah, who is he trying to convince of that? Scary black teenagers. You're going to hurt my mother, my sister, my brother, your brother, your father. He's on the Senate floor telling everybody... People are attacking his family. It's, it's coded language. It goes back to that whole coded language. This is the same playbook for every white politician that does that. But they go into this whole using code word, co coded language, from the welfare queen to the super predators, anything that's coded language and, and give an imagery of young black people or black people in general. Especially those baby boomers because that's where that playbook comes from. Oh, yeah. And the idea that Let's get rid of the young people so we can prosper, so our generation can prosper. Because even the generation before them, their parents, they thought that the baby boomer generation was selfish. Hashtag stop electing baby boomers. And here goes Joe Biden, and he continues on with the same situation. He makes it clear that he was attacking the 1993 young population of young youth coming up. And the faster we could lock them up, the faster we could prosper and make money well not only that let's be specific young black population coming up here's joe biden in 1993 unless we do something about that cadre of young people tens of thousands of them born out of wedlock without parents without supervision without any structure without any conscience developing because they literally i yield myself three more minutes because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, 
in part because of its neglect created. Again. Now, this joker just said a cadre of youth coming up, tens of thousands coming up to attack him and his family. To attack who? That, that, it, it's kind of what Cody language. He's trying to use, try to create an image, and then it, it just all goes back to that same playbook of, uh, of, of what, Lee, what was it, Lee Atwater was talking about. This is crazy. In 2019, he should not be running for president. He He's disqualified. I don't care he was vice president to Moses himself or to Allah. I don't care. Just like he didn't care of my generation. Not only that, he doesn't have any fresh new ideas. They're doing nothing but the same, keeping the same, same thing, same, the status quo. Hashtag old ideas, old values. Old ideas, old values. Joe Biden, segregation Joe in 1975. And in 1993, segregation Joe was now the crime czar with his little crime bill, uh, the Biden bill. And he was out here chasing the tens of thousands, the cadre of youth coming up and they need to be locked up and put away forever. Now to lock up one person costs a lot of money. To arrest somebody, that's just jobs for who? You know, you got a police officer need a job, he getting $30,000. Exactly. You got a police officer, you got the correctional officer, prison industrial complex the bailiff the judge everybody they're all getting paid they're all getting paid and here's the thing about it let's look at the pattern who are they getting paid off of well they're farming these tens of thousands of cadre of young youth coming up in 1993 that was that was me he was talking about me he was talking about you exactly it goes back to the same formula make money off off of black youth or black people and because segregation Joe was so powerful, he yielded himself an additional three minutes. So let's see what he was saying after that. It does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. I'm the guy that said, rehabilitation, when it occurs, we don't understand it and notice it. And when we, even when we notice it and we know it occurs, we don't know why. So you cannot make rehabilitation a condition for release. That's why in our system, there's the federal system, you serve 85% of your time. It's a shame, but we don't know how to rehabilitate. But there is a consensus, and I will cease. A. We must make the streets safer. I don't care why someone is a malefactor in society. I don't care why someone is antisocial. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society, try to help them, try to change the behavior. That's what we do in this bill. We have drug treatment and we have other treatments to try to deal with it, but they are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. That's what we do in this bill. We have drug treatment and we have other treatments to try to deal with it. But they are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. To deal with it. But they are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. But we would be being, we would be absolutely stupid as a society. 
if we didn't recognize the condition that nurtured those folks still exist and we must deal with that those folks did he say those folks those folks sir. that's that's segregation Joe. segregation joe you could hear it in his words those folks not americans those children that cadre of children that society messed up that society i don't care i don't care what how they got there it doesn't matter that's exactly what he said we can take no responsibility of how they got there don't care what policies might have had an effect to make them there who cares the policies he created the policies exactly. he voted for the policies that put us in a situation where you had welfare mothers welfare for uh, welfare fathers and dependent on the government no jobs because if you remember that time frame there was a lot a lot a lot a lot of bad economic situations that the government created and the disenfranchising of the minority community at the time made it so people had to go out there and suffer and scrounge uh, and on top of that as you just said the downturn of the economy in the u.s government uh economic system changing from a manufacturing society to a service society where a lot of those manufacturing jobs that were located have, have gone away and left the particular major city areas particularly where black people lived and reside exactly all the factories were gone all we were left with was, was creating something new we had to create exactly. something new. Well, well, on top of that, here we go. What do we have also going on? We're looking back on this. We knew that those jobs were gone. And at the same time, a little bit before this crime bill was even created, and the, the Congress and, uh, didn't pass money for the Reagan administration to uh, send down money to the uh, Contras or to South America. That's correct. They created their own economic system by introducing drugs within the black community. That's correct. And, and as a result of that, then we have the so-called crime bill come up, the Biden's bill come up, all the all the other damage that was done. But you know what? According to segregation, Joe, he didn't give a damn if Reagan and all them created all those issues or the past government did all that. He just wanted the streets safe by any means necessary, I guess. So that's what he's saying, regardless of what responsibility the government had. Yeah, but he was talking about leaving them locked up forever. That's my point, yeah. That means... What is prison? It's called correctional facilities. They correct the behaviors that, that people are having outside of society. But if society is creating the mad hysteria or the bad behavior, then what are you correcting? Oh, well, if you, if you heard him, what he's saying, he wasn't right about correcting. He said he didn't know why some people corrected. It didn't matter, you know. Exactly. All he was worried about getting them off the street and have them serve, what he said, like 80% of the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, and to go back to what he said in one of those other broadcasts or segments that he said, social engineers. Right. So this is all based on what we're hearing. All this is socially engineered. All this stuff. Oh, it is. I mean, he, but he's the architect. Exactly. He's the architect. One of the major, one of the major architects of it. So why is he at the top of the ticket? Why does the mainstream media push him even when he wasn't even a candidate? Are, are they trying to make Donald Trump get a second term? Uh, as I said, I believe it's, it's, I think it's a win-win either way for white supremacy. If uh, Donald Trump stays in office, it's a win. If Sergeyta uh, Joe goes in office, it's a win. According to our brother Neely Fuller, the white supremacist takes both sides of the argument anyway. Why are people in our community even wasting their time going out to vote instead of trying to get these primaries right? There are 733 candidates, according to the FEC. 
Well, that's the thing about it. If you look at it now, this is where the Democrats are having problems. They know a lot of these candidates aren't sticking. And I believe, in my opinion, that these polls are skewed. It's fake data. Um, in my opinion, I don't have anything to back that up to the hunch that I'm getting on some of this. But what we do know, some of these polls, where are these polls coming from? So, Well, they're the ones who told I, us Hillary Clinton was, was going to win their polls. The CNN poll, the NBC poll, the CBS exactly. poll, and they're polling themselves. Who are the people they're polling? Exactly. And, it, and what we found, what we, what's been happening, what, these polls have been, what, wrong, right? That's correct. I think, again, this poll is wrong, too, but it's just trying to, it's trying to convince people of something. Donald Trump and Joe Biden are somewhat equal. I mean, I still think, in my humble opinion, that Joe Biden is worse. He's the executioner. He's been executing I, our community for a long I don't, time. I don't disagree with you. I think, I think what we have here, if you look, really listen to it, Biden has a record of saying what he's going to do. And right now, it's just uh, Donald Trump just kind of gives the, um, he just kind of comes across what he's, what he's going to do. One has a record of saying what he's going to do, being Joe Biden. If you, look at, if you have to really look at his record and dissect it, Donald Trump, basically, he's more up front. He really, uh, the way how he talks. He gives more coded language out, more visible coded language to your angry white voter or your folks from the dominant society who look at trying to keep black people in a certain system or, or lack of opportunity. Right, right. And Trump is, if his people are supposedly his people, his voters, are supposedly those Charlottesville voters, then are you saying that Segregation Joe is going for that vote too and the Democrats think that Segregation Joe is going to win over that vote. What's going on there? Uh, no, I, I, I believe that's exactly what um, the Democrats are trying to do. They know, based on what their actions are trying to bring out Kamala Harris and some of these other things, and the way that Hillary Clinton lost, that they know the only way they can get black votes is that they have to put something on the ticket or something, some kind of policy that they're promising that they're going to deliver for black people. And they're not willing to do that. They'd rather say the hell with that. Let's just go after the angry white vote. If I remember correctly, Donald Trump said something about his voters. So I don't think Segregation Joe is going to get his voters. I mean, here, listen to this. The people, my people are so smart. And you know what else they say about my people? The polls. They say, I have the most loyal people. Did you ever see that? Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? It's like incredible. I mean, what is that? What did he just say? Well, what that say is Trump knows his voters and knows his voters are loyal, and he knows who he needs to go after. Joe Biden doesn't know who his voters are, and he's trying desperately to try to get the same voters that Trump has, but it's not going to work. So there's... You know why Why those voters do not, why Trump's voters will never vote for um, for segregation uh, uh, um, jail? Why? In my opinion, because he was number two to the black guy. And they wouldn't trust him. <laughs> wow. Wow. And he doesn't even realize that. I, I truly believe he, he doesn't realize that, but that's what he's trying to do. And at the same time, he thinks he's, I think the people around him think that he's split and think they can trick black people into voting for him, too. But I think even Trump wants Joe Biden to, to, be, yeah. to be his. He knows he would win. Yeah. He knows he's a loser. He, here he is, prior to Joe Biden uh, saying that he's going to run for president. President Donald Trump talking about Joe Biden and his situation. These aren't like impartial people. The Democrats are trying to win 2020. They're not going to win with the people that I see, and they're not going to win against me. 
The only way they can maybe luck out, and I don't think that's going to happen, it might make it even the opposite, that's what a lot of people are saying, the only way they can luck out is by constantly going after me on nonsense. But they should be really focused on... Really focused on them. Really focused on trying to get, trying to get Joe Biden nominated. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? You got Donald Trump saying, look, and he's giving them advice. The well, only way you can beat me is by doing this. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not a Trump supporter, not a Trump fan, of course. Me either. But he's telling some truth. He's telling some truth there. The only way the Democrats seem to like in the last couple of years, they've been trying to hinge on this whole impeachment thing. That's what they think they can beat. And all that's been nothing but fluff to begin with. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, right now, you got, like I said, 26 people that they're acknowledging. Out of those 26, did you know that CNN and Fox News and all of them, they forced the candidates to raise a certain amount of money or at least individual contributions. In this case, for the first debate, anybody who's going to get on the stage, they have to have 60,000 individual contributors to their campaign. In that instance, meaning if you're just getting into the campaign, you're not going to be on the debate stage. Right. So it's all engineered already. They're trying to make it seem like this is like people really are participating in the system, which really a lot of people are apathetic. That's because a lot of these politicians are just not doing what the young voter wants or what most voters want, and they're just targeting only select few people. That's right. And from prior elections and prior history, especially when a lot of candidates running for president. They always put whoever they want to center stage. Right. They're going to ask him all the questions. Right. So it's going to be like an interview segment as opposed to a debate. Right. And any other candidate that's running, they're going to be on the side. There are a few Generation X non-white candidates that are running, and they're, they're, they've made it to the stage. Um, you have an Asian guy uh, named Andrew Yang, I believe. Uh, he's running for president. Um, he's a businessman. You have Chelsea, Chelsea Gabby, who's a, a veteran, two wars, and a congresswoman. Um, I believe she should be the one who could be commander-in-chief because she has, she's the only one that's running that actually has commander-in-chief experience. Who is that? Which one is that? Chelsea Gab Gabbard uh, from, from Hawaii. You also have uh, the Texas mayor... Uh, Julio, Julio Castro. Julio Castro. Yeah. So I think he's an insider too, but they're not gonna push him. And then they got Better O'Rourke, who's who was. They first started pushing him until by, uh, segregation Joe got in. So now he's out. So now we're we're down to basically what they're gonna do from now on for the debates. They're gonna be pushing Joe Biden unless Joe Biden makes a a mistake somewhere. And he will. I'm hoping that. Our community don't even acknowledge Joe Biden as even running. Yeah, well, he, he has a, he has a problem with the black vote. What's his history? Isn't he a two-time loser? Oh, yeah. Then he, he ran before, and it didn't work. And he, Well, he ran in 2008, didn't work. And he ran... Um, 1988. 1988, so yeah. And they wanted him to run in 2016, but Hillary was running, and they were they, oh, we they know were the history of that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then now he's back in 2020... You know, super senior should be retiring. Yeah. I mean, he's rich. There's no reason why. You know, he's a millionaire, the, a multi-millionaire. No why he's running? You can't tell why he's running. 
And, he, and he's nothing. He's going. He's not bringing anything new to the table anyway. But he's not the future. He's the past. I mean, he's going to bring. Right. That's my point. He's not bringing anything new to the table. Hashtag old values, old ideas. Old ideas. That stated, I mean, why didn't Joe Biden succeed in 1988? Again, I mean, he just, you know, didn't have ideas back in that time period. However, he plagiarized. Yes, sir. Here's the thing about it. Why is he running now? And that should still be a standard. If he he plagiarized, yeah. Well, according to the news at the time, this is how they put it. This is how they described Joe Biden in 1988 when he had to exit the race. There is one less candidate in the race for the presidency tonight. Delaware Senator Joseph Biden dropped out of the hunt today, saying the disclosures about his plagiarism in law school and his exaggerations about his academic record made it impossible for him to continue. The Delaware Democrat is the second candidate to be forced from the race by questions of character and integrity. Questions of character and integrity. He's a liar. He's a liar. He has no character. He has bad integrity. That hasn't changed. That hasn't yep. changed. That's the whole reason they call him, you know, Creepy Joe. Because he has no values, no nothing, no integrity. The mainstream media was back then was telling him that he wasn't worth, worth the American people's time. So he had to bow out of the election in 1988. So why are we still pushing Joe Biden? Creepy Joe Segregation Joe. Status quo. Trying to trying to keep things running right because the system white supremacy. He was one of the top candidates for pushing white supremacy, the white supremacy agenda. Now, to be fair, here's a like I said, there are there are a few candidates that are non-white, non-traditional, uh, what they call traditional uh, politicians that are running for president. When I when and and when I'm I'm quoting the mainstream media when I say that because when they say traditional candidate for president that's code for what well they're saying that not a traditional president candidate yeah they're basically saying somebody who's not white exactly so just to be fair uh to some of the the other uh non-traditional candidates i'm gonna go ahead and play a little clip tulsi gabby's campaign and what her stump speech is and see what you think about it what was your motivation to this why do you want to be president of the united states because as a soldier i know the cost of war and the most important job that the president has is to be commander-in-chief. Um, do you think the Iraq war was worth it? No. Do you, do, do you think that our... Do, do you think that our involvement in Syria has been worth it? No. The United States should not be intervening to overthrow these dictators and these regimes that we don't like like Assad, like Saddam Hussein, like Gaddafi, and like Kim Jong-un. There are bad people in the world, mm -hmm. but history has shown us that every time the United States goes in and topples these dictators we don't like, trying to act as the world's police, we end up increasing the suffering of the people in these countries. We end up causing loss of life, both American lives and the lives of people in these countries. Well, sounds like he's definitely not an interventionist in the regime change. Right. I think that's sound good. That's what. That's also kind of what I think Obama was saying too when he first ran. But again, he he later on was the one who caused Gaddafi and all what's happening in uh, Libya and all the, the black slavery that's going on in Libya now because of uh, Obama. So I, I'd have to do more betting on her. But you know, that sounds good. 
Okay, all right. I mentioned uh, Andrew Yang. Um, he's also a non-traditional and non-baby boomer. Again, hashtag stop electing baby boomers. Hashtag old ideas, old values. Here's a Andrew Young and his stump speech. And let me know what you think. In Iowa, uh, someone came up to me and said he cannot wait to see me debate Donald Trump because I'm laser focused on the problems I got him elected, but I'm his polar opposite. And what I've been saying is the opposite of Donald Trump is an Asian man who likes math. <laughs> but that said, my team and I have been joking about what Donald Trump's nickname for me will be. <laughs> and we have come up with Comrade Yang. <laughs> but uh, the truth is that there's this massive appetite among Americans for solutions that will actually improve their lives. I am getting many, many Trump supporters uh, to join uh, and support my campaign, as well as uh, conservatives, independents, libertarians, and of course, Democrats and progressives. I am the candidate to beat Donald Trump because I'm focused on solving the problems that got him elected in the first place. The problem I have with him, he says, the problem that got Trump elected in the first place. I truly believe, in my opinion, what got Trump elected in the first place was a backlash vote to a black president. So you had white America have a backlash and then voted uh, Trump in. I think that's what that is. So I don't know how he thinks that he has a solution to that. I mean, I'm, I really don't. So what we're, what we're talking about is a white mindset, and that's baked into the American government, of uh, uh, the American psyche, into the American uh, culture. It's baked in as part of America like, like apple pie. But that goes back to all the stuff that's been going on, especially with with the border and the abortion and the, the Charlottesville, right? Right. How All that, that is tied in. What's our, what's our line in? All roads. Lead to, to white, white supremacy. Lead to white supremacy. The abortion issue that's going on, what they don't want to say, it really comes down to white numbers. The only time white people are really concerned or even focused on the dominant society or really concerned about gun control and abortion is usually when it has to do with black people. They're okay with, with gun control when it comes to, against black people. They're okay with abortion. Okay when, when black folks have an abortion. So the, the whole the whole reason why this whole thing is going on with the abortion movement or trying to re um, reverse Roe versus Wade, white numbers, white population is not reproducing themselves. Their numbers are down. This is what this is the unwritten things they're not talking about, and this is the whole push. They're going to the extremes, correct? I mean, that is absolutely correct. The the fact they that, know that they know that within a fifty year, basically in some some of their within their grandchildren's lifetime, their their grandchildren will be in a position where they won't have the numbers. Which one thing that's always helped folks in the dominant society here is that they had the numbers. So once they don't have the numbers, all they would have is just the economic. And after a while, if you don't have the numbers and your economics is going down and you're not producing, they're in a dire strait as far as being in control and all time. Well, according to the U.S. Census, by 2045, that'll be the case. Exactly. Like I said, some folks, when, grand, when their grandchildren are at a certain age, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at their future generation and their numbers, basically, their numbers not being the same. That's why this whole push, and this goes back to what Jane was talking about, how he thinks he could change or get the voters what, what do you think they were talking about? Make America great again? What does that mean? That's coded. They're yeah. talking about they want to go back to a time when white folks 
to be white unapologetically. They could slap, they could do whatever they wanted to with, with someone who was non-white, and there would be no issues, no problems, no repercussions. And go back to that day of the, those yesteryears, the day of yesterday, uh, that time period. Those were the days. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's crazy. It's 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 insanity that our community is not really honed in and focused on this situation. Well, we can't if we're locked up and we can't get jobs and we're worried about eating and we can't really get. It's hard to focus when you don't have food in your stomach or your your folks are locked up somewhere. So or you can't or you can't vote when you when when you get out. Exactly. I, I hear you. So then there's also the mayor that I was telling you about, who was the HUD secretary for Obama, Julian uh, Castro. Castro. Here's his stump speech, and let me know what you think about his stump speech. To be the fairest nation, we have to reform and reimagine our justice system. All over this nation, for far too many people of color, any interaction with the police can become fatal. If police in Charleston can arrest Dylan Roof after he murdered nine people worshiping at Bible study without hurting him, then don't tell me that Michael Brown and Tamir Rice and Ayanna Jones and Eric Garner and Jason Carroll and Stephon Clark and Sandra Bland shouldn't still be alive today. We're gonna keep saying their names and those of too many others just like them who were victims of state violence. We're gonna keep saying that black lives matter while working toward a justice system where that's true. There you go. It was a good speech, but I'm not hearing, here's my issue with that. I'm not hearing any punishment. I'm not hearing any laws that he's talking about. That when these cops, when these, excuse me, not cops, when these, uh, Using our brother's word, nearly Fuller, when these race soldiers kill black people, I'm not hearing any kind of punishment that's going to be administered. I'm not hearing that things when people give false reports that there's going to be some kind of punishment. I'm hearing it sounds good and all that, but I don't hear punishment in that. But uh, recently, I think that the Supreme Court just uh, this month they exonerating police officers from any lawsuits during uh, policing right exactly because back to my point more so but i'm not even talking about just the lawsuit i'm talking about some jail time i'm talking about if you notice the only time that the policeman got locked up recently was uh muhammad Noor in in uh minnesota and why is that because he was a black officer who shot had a white woman that's correct that just states that the laws are, are there they're just not enforcing them. No, it's not that. It's, it's there's not the will to do it. Because remember, when when it came down to uh, Philando Castillo and all the other, oh, well, you know, if we we arrest cops, it, it sends the wrong message, and and a uh, cop's job is hard and all this other stuff. But the minute and uh, the police union was backing the the killers of all uh, the the killers of all the black victims, but the minute when Muhammad Noor came into uh, was in the same situation. What was the police union? What was Blue Lives Matter? Where was all those folks? Come on. We all know this is all based on race. And what I'm not hearing from Castro is I want to hear something about punishment and laws being done when it comes down to that. But if you notice, he's the only one that actually spoke about the justice no, and, system. And, and I appreciate that, but I, I need to hear policies that's talking about punishment. I hear you. But, I mean, you got Kamala Harris and Cory Booker who's oh, up God. there. And, <laughs> I mean, they're up there. They're up there. I mean... I think Kamala Harris comes in number number seven or eight. What do you think about Kamala Harris? 
I, I really, what do I think? I don't think about her, but let's let's look at her record. That her record speaks aloud for herself. I have an issue with a woman who, as a prosecutor, who saw or looked at it as a victory of locking up mothers because they're sh- or locking up parents for where their kids being truant. I don't think that's an issue that should be uh, uh, um, uh, criminalized. We're talking about something that should have been more a CPS issue, Children Protective Service issue. If a child is missing school. We gotta find out why he's missing school, and I just locked the child up, locked the parents up because they missed school. Right, so. but she prosecuted a lot of, a lot of. I mean, if Joe Biden created the bill, she made sure it got enforced. Exactly, and then didn't enforce the laws when they needed to be. When it came, like, when, um, prime example, when it came to like the fraudulent with these loans, people who lost their homes and stuff of that nature, or, or some of these dirty cops. You gotta let people know what's going on with Kamala Harris, because. If she's up there, she might end up being being in the lead by the end of the by the end of the the year. Oh no, sir! Her, her, she's already been she's already been demolished. Her her, her campaign is coming. With, mark my words. I believe you will not hear by the by the time that probably by the time of the fall, she will be out of running for president. She has a lot of money, bro. She's raised a lot of money, and yeah. and Cory Booker, he's not too far behind her. Uh, again, he's nothing but another version of her but with nondescript and i think both of those uh, and he's more of a, a candidate who's going to push the the uh homosexual agenda as well but, not something that's going to be for the um black basically basically he's pushing more of the, the homosexual agenda which is that I, I think that's what the base of his core voters his stump speech is heading in that direction yeah and that's not going to sit well with with the trump voters <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> So that's definitely he's not going to win any voters on that side of the aisle. But I'm highlighting these non-traditional guys because the thing is, once the debate happens on June 26th and 27th, I'm almost certain that it's going to go back to politics as usual. When I mean mainstream media, I'm talking about the executives of these conglomerates. They're all baby boomers. They're all friends of Donald J. Trump, Trump. or the Clintons, of the Bidens, of the... You know, they, they, they're all friends. I mean, they, they came up together. They're right. of the same age. They they haven't retired either. Right. Yeah, it's going to take a minute before these, this whole baby boomer generation goes away. The fact that they're so vast, that's the hence why they're called baby boomers. Right after the war, this big population boom up. But that's why they've been so dominant. The, the, their numbers right. are so huge. And most of them, the baby boomers that I'm talking about, they're not of, of our color. Right. No, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, they're, they're, like, that's the last, like you said, last generation that that remembered remember the signs that had black and white. That remember when black folks had to go in the back of the bus. Who remember that? Like you said, those were the days that can kind of remember when they were with their great grandmama and great grandfather, and they might have had a black maid who came in the back door, uh, Uncle Joe, Charlie, or whoever who who they called boy who worked on the you know might have cut their lawn or something. So yeah, that's exactly right. We well, saw black people as a subservient role and subservient and less than. But America's going to need a president. Out of the candidates that you are aware of, is there anybody in the field that we should be looking out for? Um, for myself, it's too early to tell. Right now, I, I'm I'm kind of a, where I come from the slant. I need to hear something from candidates that say they're going to do something, particularly for the black voter. How about for the primary? Because a lot of people focus on the general election, and I think that's a big mistake. Because if, right. if if you don't focus, if you focus on the general election, the the choice is going to be picked for you, and not you selecting a candidate. The main focus should be for all 
to change and be, right. become better. I mean, they have to focus on the primary. Right. Well, I mean, as of now, I I, I haven't heard any I haven't heard any candidates that said anything that really made made any move for me. So I'm I'm waiting to hear some more ideas. But so. we can all agree that segregation Joe cannot be at the top of the ticket. Oh no, he can't be. He can't be. And if he does, he's gonna he's gonna lose, like you said. But then again, is that what mainstream wants? The 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 mainstream media wants Joe Biden, but I don't think they really want Joe Biden for the purposes of becoming president. Because if that was no, the no, case, no, no, I believe it's for, for political theater to get ratings. Right, right. They want that exactly because the same reason they like to have wars. Believe it or not, the mainstream media, the the failing you New York Times, they're the ones causing this problem right now i mean they don't want to lay down and die we we don't need them we don't need the mainstream media we get our information from the information superhighway right if we need to find something we'll google it right you know we'll have a podcast and talk about it and that's what's going on with the mainstream media that they don't understand right now that they're in a situation where their, their voices are not really being don't have as much impact as it did 20 years ago exactly they they're they're, they're they, i i did i even say even 10 years ago or five years ago right exactly yeah they were a, a major gatekeeper of information but nowadays the, that's not the case the dynamics have changed now people and by the time the newspaper hit it, it's like super old news it's not even just old news it's super right. old news. It's delayed. As a matter of fact, they don't control the narrative. They have to keep up the news to drive the story anymore. Old, old, the old media doesn't drive the story anymore. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks again for stopping by and uh, having this emancipated conversation with us. We learned a lot from you, uh, Professor Don Black. All right. Uh, anything we we got going in the future? I'm uh, just keep keep me posted. We we'll talk some more. Uh, we need to have the listeners. Understand it's tangible, tangibles 2020. Uh, this whole ADOS movement, foundational black movement, and well, we're going for the that's the kind of thing that the most of black voters are looking for. They're looking for something that's going to be tangible, no more, no more benign neglect policies. Uh, outstanding again, thank you for your time and having this emancipation conversation. All right, have a great one. All right. Thanks again to Professor Don Black for having a conversation with us. We look forward to hearing from him again in the future. This is a Jab Entertainment production. You can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at the number four, Tony Smiles. If you'd like to reach us by email, send your message to jabentertainmentinc at gmail.com. I'm your host, J.A. Villafanier. Until the next episode, be safe, feel love, share smiles. I'm out.